Belly up to the bar, barflies, and have a drink with me. My name is Kellen, and this is the Midwestern Barfly Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the program. This is episode number 12 of the Midwestern Barfly Podcast. I am hoping, I hope, sentences, Kellen, uh, you have, you are having a very blessed week. I sure as hell am. Until today. Until the day I am recording this. We will get into that in just a moment. It'll be the first topic of the show, but I just wanted to introduce the program once again. And before we get into the show, as always, this episode is sponsored by the Midwestern Barfly Gazette Shop. That is right. That is our merch store. That is where you can find all the fun, goofy, wacky merchandise products that we give out. We have great things like the I'm My Grandma's Bookie line, the WinBets Palm Beers line. We just put the Secure Winnings and Drink Martinis line. That's the fancy version of the WinBets Palm Beers line. All of this can be yours if you head to the Midwestern Barfly Gazette shop. It will be in the description of wherever you are listening to this podcast. And load up that cart. Get ready for the end of summer, your end of summer plans, your winter plans. We got long sleeves, hoodies. Uh, we got, uh, what are they called? Uh, sweatpants. We got leggings for the girls. All this stuff. So please make sure to check that out. And now that we're done with that, on to the program. Alrighty, so to start off this show, I think we need to get into what pissed me off today. And that is, when I woke up this morning, I, uh, I checked my Twitter, checked my Twitter timeline as I always do, get caught up on things that are happening, see, look for things to talk about, this, that, and the other. And I came across a little message from Roquan Smith. He is a linebacker from the Chicago Bears. Turns out, he formally requested a trade from the team. He formally requested a trade. One of the brightest spots of this fucking defense, if not the brightest spot of this defense, does not feel valued on the Chicago Bears. My first thought, the fuck are they doing over there? What, 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 what's going on? How are we not just securing this man to, to this organization for years to come? He's been nothing but a workhorse. He's been nothing but fantastic. Look, look at his resume. Look at look at the past few years. He's gotten screwed over on countless Pro Bowls, for the record, and countless accolades that he should have had. But one of the prime examples of how much of a workhorse this guy is, he's led the team in tackles every single year since he got drafted. Every single year. Including last year, where we recorded 163 tackles, which was basically double the second-place bear, Alec Ogletree, at 87. 163 tackles. You're going to tell me that he's not worth, like, top 10 money, and he is a top 10 off-ball linebacker? And I really I really hope the uh, this freaking contract gets released in some way, like the details and whatnot, because I didn't see any of their details. The only main one I saw was they put de-escalators in his it in the proposed contract. And when I saw that, I was about to lose my mind. According to multiple sources, 
No other contract or player making over 15 mil a year, I believe is what the statistic was, has the escalators like this in it. And you're going to put the best player on your defense, you're going to put those in his? Are you insane? I mean, I get that this team is on a consistent rebuild and they could get a lot for him and they need to make room to build other places. But make him the star of your defense. You got room to play with. Who do you have on that defense that is going to require more money than him? Or significant amount of money that you can't pay Roquan Smith the money that he deserves? Who? Please, somebody tell me, because I must be an idiot for thinking this. I really hope I'm not the only one that believes this, because the fact that we would piss off this man so much that he's going to request a trade and say in the little blurb and... I wrote an article about this, so you can read that blurb. That he doesn't feel he doesn't feel valued, and what's going to a team where he feels valued? That's re- that's insane, man. And plus, you can't. I'm going like I'm kind of jumping around again. I know I'm known for this. Plus, he's only 25. He's only 25, and he's getting better, and he's been the bright spot of your defense forever, and he's only 25. Why not build around him, then trade him? I get you're going to get significant pieces for him, and I, you could get significant pieces for him, but in years past, when I've seen Bears trade anyone, they've done shitty jobs with the return that they got. Like, shitty jobs trying to make it an equal trade. I, off the top of my head, I cannot remember the last good trade that this organization has done. Like a good trade where I thought we got something. That's that just must be my that might be my pessimism, my negativity for this towards this team. But nothing's gonna end well unless we resign him. That's just a matter this that might be a matter of my opinion, but that's just how I see it. This is, situation will not end well until Roquan Smith is signed to a long-term contract for the money that he deserves. And the fact that he started all this mumbo jump not him the fact that all of this mumbo jumbo was started this morning and have been going through the day is just infuriating it's infuriating to be a bears fan it's infuriating to be a football fan hearing this news and i really don't know what else to say besides this team is ridiculous and if you're a fan of this team, you might want to start second-guessing your fandom. Because this is garbage. Alrighty. Sorry for that uh, first topic there. I get a little passionate when I talk about the Bears and the idiocies that go on in that front office. But we're going to move on to another team. <laughs> another team that, even though they won a few years ago... They always seem to give me headaches. This is not a headache, though. This is about Jason Hayward and his time with the Cubs being basically over. So if you haven't seen the news report coming out, um, it came out that Jason Hayward is not coming back to the team next year as of right now. That's what's reported, allegedly. I don't know if I'm supposed to give it that tag, but I'm just going to say allegedly because that's what the report said. Um... And I don't mind it. I don't mind it at all. He hasn't really lived up to the eight-year, $184 million contract that he was 
given back in 2016 or before the 2016 season. He's just, he's just been there. He's been there. And I was really hope I was pulling for the guy. After when you because like when you give somebody that much money, you're hoping that they're gonna be the star of the team. You're hoping that they're gonna be in that in the heart of that order. Like he he should have been up there, like he should have been. He should have been up there in the second between second and sixth in the batting order with the with the Rizzos and the Bryants and the and uh Wilson Contreras of the world. He shouldn't have been dropping down the fucking order to like eighth. Granted, that could have been for strategeriness of whatnot. I know I used a fake term there. I used it just to be funny. But ladies and gentlemen, that he he just couldn't cut it for some reason. I mean, look at his numbers. Well, take take the Cardinals, for example. When he played for the Cardinals before he came to the Windy City. He ended that year with a 293 average, 13 home runs, and 60 RBIs. I believe... I don't know if it was that year, but within his years with Atlanta and then the Cardinals, I believe he totaled three of his five gold gloves between that time. So basically what I'm saying is he got on base and he was a good fielder. Paid a lot of money for that. And I'm not against that. Like, I'm not against that. We weren't paying for his power. We weren't paying for anything like that. We are paying for him to get on base, be relatively quick, because he had he did steal a good a decent amount of bases, be relatively quick, and get people and get people in. Or move runners and shit. That's basically what we paid him for. Then he came to the Cubs 2016. Even though he has a World Series title to hang his hat on, he did finish that year with a 230 batting average, 7 home runs, 49 RBIs, and 11 stolen bases. Very pedestrian of an outing for a guy that's getting paid $184 million. Very pedestrian. And the rest of his tenure with the Cubs, not so great. Not so great. Uh, he currently sits at a 245 average during his time with the Cubs with 62 total home runs, 289 RBIs, and 32 stolen bases. Through yeah, we'll call it seven years because his year is over right now. So possibly seven years. That's not living up to the money, folks. That's not living up to the money. And I get it. I see all these tweets and all these posts. Like people are saying, oh, he was a good guy. He was a motivational guy. Like he was good for the young, the, the young players to help elevate their games. But folks... $184 million is a lot of money for a motivational speaker. That's a lot of money for someone that's going to try to motivate the team and be good in right field. And I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm not saying he's a bad guy. And I hate to talk about him because talk about him in this way because he's dealing with like a knee injury, I think, right now. He's dealing with something. And I hope for a speedy recovery for the guy. But... My point of this segment is I don't understand why we're all acting like he was a pivotal part of that championship team. That's he, he wasn't a part. He had big moments in the playoffs. He had big moments in, in the World Series. Didn't say he didn't give a part. But my point is he didn't perform to the point that he should have or that was expected. For $184 million. 
probably one of the most egregious contracts in sports. If if I'm wrong, I could be wrong. But it's like, come on, we need to stop with the finding. How do I explain this? Finding the light in stories like this. We need to stop with the finding the positive outlook in a negative situation. Cause God bless him. Like he was doing, he was going out there day in, day out, trying his best. Like, but in the end, why are we trying to find excuses or find reasonings worth $184 million? I don't know. That's just me. And I'm probably babbling about this right now, but I just wanted to bring that up just because I'm going to miss Jason Hayward. I'm going to miss his time with the Cubs. I'm going to miss his defense. He was a good guy, but in the end, let's get the money off the books. Let's disperse it some in other places, like Wilson Contreras. Just saying, little flashback to another segment, and let's just move forward. Jason, sayonara, pal. Enjoy your future. Enjoy the money, the the money this team gave you. And I hope for nothing but the best for you. Go to the Yankees. Go somewhere. Win another title. Have a great life. Let's get back to baseball and let's make this team a winner again. Hopefully. I don't know. Please. All right. So for the final segment of this show, it can be a little bit of a short one to this week, but uh, I want to talk about this, this new restaurant, this, I don't know if it's a new restaurant, but this restaurant in North Texas that uh, is starting a, um, that's going to be doing a no cell phone policy. Now, what I mean by no cell phone policy, well, they're going to have these little pockets or like these little, like, yeah, pockets basically, where you can put your phone in and you got to keep them there as you are enjoying the meal. And while you're there, you can't take the phone out. You can't be using it or else a, a restaurant employee is going to come by and ask you to put your phone away and not, and not be using it at the table and not have a distraction. Now, from just the basic premise of this, it sounds like a good idea. I mean, think about it. It, it sounds like a good idea because we've all grown so accustomed and so dependent on our phones and on our technology to the point where we can't even have a simple meal without them. Like if you go to a restaurant, you're going to see like a table full of women just like just looking down on their phone, just texting away. They could be texting each other for all I know. Or like a bunch of teenagers, same thing. Anytime you see a table of teenagers, all of them on their fucking phones. So this restaurant is trying to combat that with with this policy, with this situation. And I like it. That's where I get to my point here. Um, with this new policy, I wish the wait staff, the bus boys, all the employees of this restaurant, nothing but the best. Wish them good luck in enforcing this policy. Not that people are going to like be against it, like like take their phones out, try to sneak them like they're in high school again, that kind of stuff. No, they're going to have so many headaches as they first roll this out to the point where I'd be surprised if all of them drank after work. And this, is just my, this might just be my crazy brain thinking about this, but let me explain. So first off, I can just picture like, Imagine this with me, ladies and gentlemen. I can just picture a table full of Karens. And you know the Karens I'm talking about. Those like 
women that look like they're entitled, dressed in the fancy garments and whatnot. They got Gucci bags. They got Louis Vuitton sunglasses or vice versa because I don't know fucking fashion. And they're all sitting there and they're all on their phones like showing each other pictures of their kids and whatnot. Like four of the six of them have daughters in dance while the other two have sons in tennis or some shit. Just like just snobby elite rich people shit. And then all of a sudden you have a little 16, 17 year old uh, waiter or waitress come over and their job is to tell them to put their phones away. How do you think that's going to end? Because to me, how that's going to end is each one of these characters is going to stand up, direct themselves, direct their faces towards this poor little waiter or waitress, and in unison, in the most ear-piercing, squawk-like voice you could imagine, just scream, no, we want to see a manager. And when this happens, every window... In the building is going to shatter. Everyone. And every dog within a five mile, five mile radius is going to howl. Because it thinks it's a, it thinks it's hearing a dog whistle. It's going to be terrible. And it's going to happen consistently. It, personally. That's how I see it. That's going to happen consistently. And they're going to have to deal with this until people learn that that's what you're going to be dealing with if you go to this restaurant. And I'm not saying it's a bad policy or whatnot. But just hear me out. My other point here is. Imagine a family comes in. Family, father, mother, they walk in. They got the bags under their eyes. So they have a two-year-old. No, two-year-old. I'm not even a father. So I don't know what the best age would be for this scenario. Let's say two, but probably younger. They come in, bags under their eyes. So they're trying to sleep. The kid's keeping them up and tired every day. And the only way to keep this kid quiet is to put a phone in front of them. A phone, a tablet, a laptop, whatever. And they have a phone because they're out. They're not going to have a laptop one out, but a phone in front of them. Which is actually, side point, kind of sad. Because could you imagine that? Kids nowadays need phones everywhere they go to keep them quiet. Like you see it at the grocery store. You see it at, like, at restaurants. But that's a whole other story. You see it at the grocery store a lot when you're waiting in line for the next person. And like the mom in front of you, like has the cart with the kid in the baby seat and the kid's on the phone trying to play a game. But the problem is the mom's got to pay with the phone, like through Apple Pay or whatnot. So she's got to take the phone away and the kid starts crying like it's a crackhead that needs crack. That's a bad a bad example of saying crack there, but I don't care. I'm going to roll with it. And then all of a sudden, the kid will keep crying until the mom pays. And then you give, them, give them the phone back and they're right as rain. They're fine. Like, that's how dependent kids have grown. Kids are growing to phones. So imagine going to a restaurant and having that same 16, 17-year-old waitstaff member come up to this, these two parents and say, hey, your kid's got to put the phone away. And then both parents just look at the waitstaff member, or the waitress or the waiter, and say, what? Just like, just, just scared. Just, just scared like the kid's going to turn evil, like one of those things from the Gremlins. Like one of those little things where you put water on them, I think. I think I messed up the reference. You get my point, though. It's like I turned to a gremlin. And the, the, wait, the waiter goes, or the waitress goes, yeah, you gotta, you, you gotta put the phone away. It's a no phone policy. And then all of a sudden, the parents just weep because they know they can't have a normal dinner out at this restaurant 
Because their kid's going to be crying nonstop the entire time. Or they're just going to have to leave. Rather. They're just going to have to leave and go somewhere else to, to deal with this. That's the kind of stuff I picture happening. Now, obviously, I'm doing this for a dramatic effect. I'm being funny. Not going to be all this serious. But in the end, though, they just need to be... Pre- I hope this way staff's prepared for what's about to <laughs> happen. And for the record, I... I don't want this restaurant to go on and I want this restaurant to be going on for years to come. People have jobs because COVID fucked the restaurant industry. So please, I hope this restaurant stays and I hope people go to it a lot. I'm just saying the assholes of the world are going to make this a tough place, a, a tough place to work until wherever this place is located until word gets around that this is what happens when you go there. Now, I could be wrong, but hey, that's just me. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to lie. I did say in that last segment that this is going to be a short one, but looking at my computer now as I do with the uh, the closing segment here, we're up to 21 minutes again. I, I don't know if I'm getting better or I'm just getting dumber and rambling on, but I very accomplished with 20 minutes 22 minutes wherever we're going to end up here that's pretty good for the amount of time i talked there and i so now i say this and i hope you all enjoyed it as much as i enjoyed making this i got a little bit of got a little pent-up frustration on some of these topics out i was able to let loose a little bit had a little bit of fun and i hope you did too now before i go there if you would like to have fun on next week's segment and want to be a part of it Make sure to send, uh, send, leave a voicemail on our phone number for the show or leave us an email that we can read if you don't want to have your voice associated with the show but you want to be a part of it. I'd love to answer some questions and some goofy ones. Make them goofy, make them fun, make them sports related, whatever you want to do. And you know what? I hope you have a great rest of your week. Can't wait to see you next week for episode number 13. That's going to be hopefully a lucky episode, even though 13. Not the luckiest number. And can't wait to see you then. Love y'all. Take care. Have a good one.